Okay, hello everyone. Everyone's so far back down there. Hello, hello to the very brave few people in the front. Thank you. Hello, TK. Um, yeah, it's so nice to share with you. It's an honor for me to be up here and to be part of um, yeah, this next um, series. So it's on the power of motherhood or mothering. And it's obviously fitting because it is the month where we celebrate Mother's Day for all the women who have cared for and raised children, not only the people who have birthed children, um, but anyone who's been part of people's lives and raising them up. Yeah, so when I saw the topic for the theme, it was quite an interesting one for me, um, because if you guys don't know my story, when I was young, my mom passed away, so I grew up with my dad, and there were a lot of women in my life who did care for me, but I never really got the mother experience, if I can say that. So it was interesting for me to just like dwell on this and think about it. It's been a long journey. Um, yeah, something probably for about the last five years that I've really had to process and yeah, challenge myself and journey with the Lord in. So yeah, I'm excited to share a little bit. Um, and now I have my own child. So that's a whole new experience. And my precious Anne Hope, who's such a blessing to us. But being a mother is very hard work, and I always feel pressure of wanting to do my best um, because I know how powerful it is to have a mother in your life who mothers you well, um, and I've seen the fruit of that in other people's lives, and I've seen the fruit of it in my own when I've been mothered through spiritual mothers and other people who care for me. So yeah, I thought I'd start off by naming a few characteristics that I believe we carry as women mothers characteristics that I believe that we receive from the Lord and that we can grow in. So it's just a few random ones just to start with. Um, so if we look at Proverbs verse 31 verse 13, she seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. Proverbs 31 verse 25, strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. Verse 27, she watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. And sorry, I skipped out verse 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. And then also wanted to talk from 1 Samuel 1, 27. For this child I prayed and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked of him. And then Isaiah 66, verse 13. As one whom his mother comforts, so will I comfort you and you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. So when I read these scriptures, what I hear is that a woman and a mother with the Lord's help, can be strong, joyful, consistent, protective, caring, proactive, prayerful, wise, loving, and kind. And those are just a few of the qualities that I think that we have as mothers and women and that we can live out with the Lord's help. There's a whole lot of things that I'm not really going to touch on tonight that are involved with the parenting process and the mothering process, like attachment and bonding and all those things that need to be formed from birth. Um, and that's a whole nother thing. But I do want to read this quote. This is by the United Nations, actually. It says, mothers play a critical role in the family, which is a powerful force for social cohesion and integration. And I just think if the United Nations knows that, we should know that so much more as we live in community and see the fruits of good parenting and mothering. Um, yeah, the fruits of mothering are just actually mind-blowing. 
Um, and I know that we're not perfect, and we never will be. But I do know that with Jesus as our God, we can do a pretty good job. And we can raise up some pretty cool people who do great things and bear good fruit. And we ourselves, if we allow people to mother us, can do the same. So, yeah, like I mentioned a little bit in the beginning, over time I've been journeying with the Lord with some of my stuff. Um, and I discovered something. Actually, it's quite a funny story because I was in Malawi on a mission trip, which Gavin's going on tomorrow, which is the best thing ever, side note. If you ever have funds or calling to go, you must go. It was life-changing for me, but that's an aside. Um, Dave was teaching some of the pastors in Malawi and training them up so that they could pastor their people well. And one of the teachings that he taught on was mother wounds and father wounds. And it was the first time that I had ever heard of anything like that. And as I sat there listening and was just kind of being part of it, realized that everything he was saying, he was saying to me. And I kind of ticked off everything on the list um, and found myself to be a person who now had these things I had never heard of. So I wanted to share a little bit about what they are um, because it might benefit you to reflect on your own life and see if any of those things are impacting you. So the definition, according to the internet, is the mother wound is the cultural trauma that is carried by a mother along with any dysfunctional coping mechanisms that have been used to process that pain, and then that is inherited by her children. So it can actually be inherited by men and women. We can carry these wounds, and these wounds instill deeply rooted beliefs that make children and then adults, if you don't deal with it, feel unloved, abandoned, unworthy of care, even fearful of expressing themselves, and basically just it's the opposite fruit of when you are mothered well. So these are some of the characteristics or symptoms of mother wounds. People pleasing and emotional caretaking, often to your own detriment, feeling competitive with other women, feeling pressure to conform to the rigid expectations of womanhood, feeling you must remain small and quiet or good to be accepted and loved, never feeling good enough no matter how far you bend over backwards, failing to set strong boundaries, so often struggle to say no, fearing failure or disapproval, um, but also fearing success and fulfillment, and then consciously or unconsciously waiting for your mother's permission and approval to fully live your life and reach your full potential. So those are just some of the symptoms. There are many more, and it depends on who you listen to, but I just thought I'd briefly touch on that. And then obviously, if we don't heal from these things, we carry this on and we give it to our children, and they give it to their children. And, yeah, I feel I really have personal experience in this. I can pretty much tick off most of those things um, as I reflect on my life. But the Lord has taken me on a journey, and he's trustworthy and faithful to do that for you. He has mothered me in many ways himself, and also given me other spiritual moms to help me in those places. Um, and I'm still under construction. So, Okay, so we've heard about some characteristics of a godly woman and a godly mother, and some of the wounds that can happen if we don't mother well um, or don't get mothered well. And now I wanted to just talk about, it's a very interesting passage, but when I was praying to share tonight, I really felt like the Lord put Luke chapter 10, verse 30, or the, the story of the Good Samaritan on my heart. That's where it comes from. Luke chapter 10, verse 30 to 35. So I'm going to read it, and then I'll explain why I felt like I should share this scripture. Okay, so I just want to read from my Bible. 
Okay, so from verse 13 in Luke chapter 10, Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Okay, so I know that most of the time when that scripture is spoken about, it's to talk about being a good neighbor, loving the Lord your God, and loving others. And that's what Jesus uses to teach um, all the people listening to him when he shares this um, parable. But I wanted to look at the people in the story and how they relate to one another. So the first character in the parable, we've got a man who's walking alone. And when I was researching and reading some commentaries, I found out that this road is actually, it was an infamous road, the road from Jerusalem to Jericho. And immediately mine goes, my mind goes to Gavin Becky, if any of you have been there. It's not my favorite place to walk alone, actually walk in general, even with people. So that's kind of what I pictured. Um, so it's a dangerous road, and it was known to be infamous, and there were robbers and thieves and all those kinds of people around there. So most of the time, people would go journey together so that they would be safer. Anyway, so we've got this first character. He's a man and he's walking alone. So I'm thinking to myself, is he maybe not part of a community? Was he in a hurry to get somewhere? Did he have no friends or family to walk with him? And then as a result of walking alone, he gets robbed and injured. Okay, so we've got him. And then we have the robbers. So the second kind of character that we look at. Probably desperate. Violent, we know, because they beat him and left him half dead. Maybe take advantage of people, greedy, hopeless, angry. Those are just some of the things that I think of when I think about what those robbers would be like. And then we have the third set of people, which I just grouped the priest and the Levite together because they were both religious people. And um, according to the, one of the commentaries that I was reading as well, the priests and the Levites would often walk that road they would journey from Jericho to Jerusalem. So um, they would often be on that road. And so it, it was likely that one of them would pass by someone who had been injured. And because of the work they do, you would expect that these would be the people who would show mercy and have compassion. But instead, what I'm thinking happened is that they made excuses why they couldn't help him right then and there. They ignored the pain of the other person. They probably justified why they couldn't help him right then and went on the other side to carry on their journey. And maybe a little bit self-righteous to think someone else will do it. I have better things to do. Or, or maybe even just I'm not equipped to do this. Someone else can get involved with all that mess. And then we have a fourth character, which is the Samaritan, which as the story is told or known as the Good Samaritan, who was an outsider known as like a sinner, different culture. Um, but we see someone who's compassionate, someone who suffered for the benefit of the other person, someone who sacrificed money to care for someone, and even um, planned for his future care. So anything that needed to be spent more, um, he was going to account for. 
And so, yeah, like I said, I know the scriptures to teach on how to love one another, but I want to suggest that these people came from different backgrounds and most likely had different experiences of being mothered. And I know that the research indicates that our personalities, our choices, our worldview is shaped by how we are parented. And I know it's fathers and mothers, but we're just specifically looking at mothers tonight. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, if we're looking at the role of a mother to be protective, nurturing, caring, comforting, prayerful, I wonder, yeah, how they had experienced that. I wonder how much of their nurturing or lack of nurturing led them to where they were in the story, which character they were. Um, I wonder if you can relate to any of these characters in the story. and whether you feel that it has anything to do with the way you were mothered. And I know that it actually does affect all of us. Um, and I, like I said, I'm not saying it's only mothers. Thank the Lord there is, that not, there is not that kind of pressure put on us that we create good people or bad people. But I do know that it does have a significant influence on the way we turn out as adults. Um, yeah, we have influence and responsibility as mothers and women. So perhaps you're sitting there and you feel that you failed as a mother, because I know we all make mistakes, or maybe you're sitting there feeling like your mother failed you, or maybe you're sitting there and you're, you yourself have rejected being mothered by people, um, by biological mothers or even spiritual mothers. And I just wanted to end off by saying that we all have hope. It's Jesus. He can heal your wounds. He died for all of our mistakes. He is the person who created us to be women and mothers and for you, men, to do good things, to do his work on this earth. Um, and he can teach us how to do it. And he, we can relearn how to be mothered and how to mother well. And he can also equip us to forgive our mothers, to forgive ourselves, and to trust in his ways and to learn his ways of how to do this. Um, yeah. So that's all. I just want to end off with prayer. Father God, I just thank you for the gifts that you've given us um, as mothers and fathers, as children, as sons and daughters. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you convict us of the things that we need to work with, with you, and teach us how to be led by you as we journey into adulthood and work out how to mother and father the people that we are around. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Thank you, Bob. Amen. Okay, why don't we stand? And um, we're going to take up uh, communion now and celebrate uh, what Jesus done for us. And I just, as, as Sarah was was talking, I got reminded of what Dave was sharing this morning and he, as he began and talking about Mary and how an angel appeared to her and said, you have found favor with the Lord. And um, sometimes when we think of favor, we think, hey, it's going to be good. Everything's going to be nice. It's going to be lacquer. I can't wait. I've got it all right. But the favor that the angel was referring to was a burden of um, bearing Jesus and living a life of misunderstood, really. Uh, her whole life she spent being misunderstood in her community and her family because how could a virgin conceive? And so this, we need to understand that when we're following Jesus, when we're partaking of this, Jesus came 
to serve, not to be served. He came to understand the burden of what that looks like. And so as we, I just felt like tonight, as we are taking up um, the bread and the wine, in this sense, uh, grape, grape juice as a sign of his blood and his body, I want us to really take note of, are we counting the cost of what it means to follow Jesus? Are we taking on the favor? Wow, you know, what is, what, what Jesus, what are you giving me? What, what is the core? What, is, what are you giving me as a person? Or am I taking up understanding that this is such a favorable thing to follow Jesus, but there's a, a burden that comes to it with it? Um, following Jesus means laying my life down. Following Jesus means giving up my rights and taking up his. And that's what we're doing, and that's the sign we're doing. We're saying, Jesus, I'm taking up your body. I'm taking up your blood. I'm taking on you and what you've done. Because believe it or not, I can't do it. And that's not a sad thing. That's a freeing thing. Do you want to do it? Imagine if it was all up to you. The rest of your life, all the pressure and burden of being good and living a free life and living a strong life is up to you. It's not up to you. Jesus said, in me, you have life and life in abundance. And so when we do that, we're taking up his life, his abundance, his favor. But to do that, we've got to lay down ours. And so while we do that tonight, let's not just take it as a ritual and as a program and, oh, we're just taking it, whatever. We are taking, wow, what a favorable, honorable, freeing thing. But also, am I willing to accept again laying down my life for that? So how we're going to do it is um, grab some bread, grab some juice, and find two or three or four other other friends, and hopefully people that you don't know, and just gather in a circle and uh, just pray and uh, communion together, and then we're going to go into some worship. Okay, let's just do that.